0: So here we are. This is the active construction zone for the Thacropass Pass lithium mine. This is the water pipeline area where the company has been working for the past weeks. Here's this pile of dirt where they bulldozed to make this road. And literally about two and a half feet past under this sage bush. Baby birds. Brand new babies alive waiting for their parents to come feed them. Helpless in this nest under this sage here. This is what the mine is destroying. This is what the mine is harming. I'm gonna leave them alone.
1: Welcome to What's Left, a weekly political discussion challenging the mainstream left. I'm Eduardo Barca with co-host teacher and socialist Andy Lipson and right-wing and teacher Jessica. Uh, We're online at whatsleftpodcast.com. You can find that link to our site in the episode notes. You can also find our personal social media handle as at loneduardo Barca on Instagram and Jessica's Twitter handle as at jhomie 89 uh, Please subscribe, rate, review, turn on your notifications, and share your favorite episode wherever you found this episode. Thank you. Right, uh, let's discuss Thacker Pass. Uh, we originally had uh, Max Wilbert, organized writer and wilderness guide. Uh, also the author of uh, uh, Bright Green Lies, How the Environmental Movement Lost Its Ways and What We Can Do About It uh, with Derek Jensen Lear, Kiev. and Lear and. It was an amazing interview. We expect to share this, uh, uh, an episode with him, uh, uh, with what's left soon. Uh, But (laughs) what happened, uh,
2: Jess, Andy? (laughs) I forgot to press record. (laughs) We talked for one and a half, an hour and 45 minutes, a magical conversation That was only into my ears and Jessica's ears and into Eduardo's. No one else and Max's. Um, So it was it was quite a moment when I shared that and said, "Oh God." At the end of the, we were done, and I was like, "I didn't record any of this." So, Um, but it was great talking to him, and it's only committed me more to really getting this stuff about Thacker Pass out. And he's agreed to rejoin us for a discussion next week. um, That I think will start off with some of the stuff we're talking about here but i just felt our conversation went into so many issues that i think it's i think there's a lot to discuss with him in addition to the struggle that he's involved in, and letting people know about what's important about this this lithium mining that's taking place in thacker pass
3: yeah so hopefully we can lay some groundwork for a conversation with him next week
2: Yeah. And I was telling Jessica, like, ironically, in that conversation, we didn't actually discuss that or pass that much. Um, uh, So we'll do that here and give folks the details that are important to us. I'm sure Max will add some things next week. Um, But, um, you know, we just, I just have to let it go. I've struggled all week to let this go.
1: Um, And I'm just going to have to. And as Jess said, you're still recovering from that amazing interview. so.
3: I have PTSD. Um, as yeah, as Max, and we're all human, so he was very gracious about. Yeah. For
2: now, for now, we're all human.
1: Later, yeah. we'll find out.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh, if Max, you're listening to this, uh, viewing or listening to this, we again apologize greatly for that um, brain fart.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anyhow, and um, so as stated, we'll be discussing Thakrapas and we'll be discussing uh, a little bit about Max, I think, not too much because I hope that he'll be able to share a lot of what he already shared with us in that uh, interview. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Right. Um, Thakrapas. So, uh, this was originally a, uh, a topic of discussion that was suggested to us by Jess why don't you tell us why just
4: sure so
3: why did I bring it up I mean I just feel it connects even honestly I was thinking about just this segue and there's so many connections between our last full episode on AI and just the role of industry in the fourth industrial revolution Um, obviously we've talked a lot in various contexts about environmentalism and I think the way you put it last week, Eduardo, like that term even kind of being captured and co-opted by the mainstream left, um, the so-called, you know, Green, the Green New Deal proponents. And um, yeah, in the context of like 4IR, we're seeing – the normalization of electric cars, you know, emerging markets being created for smart this, smart that. Um, And I mean, there's a lot of different components to that. Uh, Thacker Pass, like, well, Thacker Pass itself is, you know, a place in Northern Nevada um, where they're trying to move forward, basically with an open pit lithium mine. Um so a lot of the conversation with that revolves around lithium in particular which is one of the key uh precious minerals right that is required for things like electric car batteries and smart devices it's not the only material um I know we've talked briefly about cobalt and nickel and and then of course like all the sort of overlap with Fossil fuels being used in various capacities to extract, you know, violently extract these so-called green um, materials from the earth, from the ecosystem. So, yeah, just thinking about the role of this from a narrative perspective, things being greenwashed, that kind of narrative control that we're always trying to kind of deconstruct on the show. capitalist, warmongering, psychopaths trying to kill the earth. Um, And yeah, I mean, I, the sort of like trigger thing for me, why I had brought it up like a week or two ago is because, I mean, I've kind of been following the basics of what's been going on with the protect Thacker pass movement. I call it a movement or organ organizing, um, which was kind of started by Max and um, Will Falk back in 2021, um, where they basically just went and like set up camp, like a a protest camp. And it's gone from there. There have been various stages. You know, there's been a lot of like legal fights been going on over the past, what is it, year and a half? I'm so bad with time. I feel like everything post-2020 is just a blur to me. But yeah, the past year or two, um, and then two weeks ago-ish, um, I happened to see on their Twitter some images of uh, basically like a direct action of activists climbing onto heavy machinery in order to kind of shut down um, to shut down construction for a short period of time. I think they shut it down for a day, uh, maybe more. I don't know. Um, so I was just thinking about strategies um in terms of fighting these like you know David and Goliath or seemingly David and Goliath kind of fights um and we're all kind of in our different you know got the education front we've got the tech front we've got the environmental front um et cetera et cetera so yeah i think it's interesting to talk about just kind of on the on the, the micro level um like what's happening there like why does this particular place matter so much but then also sort of what does it represent and how does it fit into this larger um fight i guess against uh ecocide and and the fourth industrial revolution
1: uh yeah uh, you know just the more i looked into this and, and after especially uh our our conversation with max wilbert i'm grateful You've mentioned this. I have not heard of this mine from any of the mainstream and alternative leftist news like Democracy Now or even KPFA where normally these things would be covered. Um, I think that just like uh, the documentary that we covered uh, back, I forget when, but uh, *Planet of the Humans regarding the environmental movement and its hypocrisy, uh, this is one of those, those is one of those areas where environmentalists stay quiet around this issue because they don't want to say something regarding this that is supposed to be their key to climate change, which is more solar power, solar power panels and uh, wind uh, energy and using all of that will also take, uh, uh, uh a lot of mining a lot of resources from the natural world it is only acceptable just like our recycling is acceptable if it's done elsewhere right but if it's done here in the usa suddenly it's um it's not acceptable but we've been doing this for a very long time i mean where do we get our our lithium from where do we get all of our things from the, the phones that we use and um uh, and I don't say this for the people who want. To, obviously, I use a phone as well. I'm not changing every time an iPhone comes out to to, <laughs> to be able to be up to date. I'm uh, obviously we are all using our technology. We're even using it now as we speak. Uh, but it is a call to understand the hypocrisy of the green movement and the greenwashing, really, that has already been. Uh, it's it, the greenwashing that is just clearly happening. And I think it's an important conversation to have around this uh topic. And the second thing that I think that I was struck by, which I, I don't want to delve too much personally I don't want to delve too much into because I really want us to discuss it with Max Wilbert, is there is something to say about the convergence or the the the, the efforts that are have been made together. Uh, with native regional Native American tribes, the environment organizations, and the local farming and ranching community that are coming together in order to protect this land. and these are <laughs> three different types of of groups that normally would be in opposition or maybe not they would overlap. but some of the things that Max Wilbert, I have the questions quite clear in my head that I want him to answer because I want him to say it from, but the things that he has shared with us, it would just give us an example of what we need to do in our struggle, in our movement, as we are uh, challenging the status quo as we're also coming up against uh, the, the, just the importance of how our revolution could look like in the future how we need to take up uh uh the idea that our com- comrades are not the people that think a hundred percent like us and that can really be our allies because as we have seen and especially in the videos that i have shared in 2020 2021 um where people who claim to be allies <laughs> especially liberals and Progressive leftists uh, will always, uh, when push comes to shove, abandon you and the working class if you're not necessarily aligned with their specific agenda with what they want. And it's only hypocritical. Um, Political theater is what I think of it as. And I'm referring to, if no one has seen those episodes, which I invite people to see, the episodes on uh, the reopening of schools and teachers' And working class families and the division that caused not no, excuse me, and the division uh, there was because people did not want to be on the same team. and that was specifically uh, teachers who are now at this at right now, who I just attended this uh, board meeting last Tuesday, and it was very interesting being and seeing two different camps. I saw the people who were for the, and I saw the teachers union and they were asking for a salary raise, and they were asking for $30 an hour for uh, paraeducators, and they were asking for higher raises for for teachers. I'm for that. But I just wanted to say at the mic, I'm so pro this, but where were you? And we needed you back in 2021. Where were you? And you expect us now to be a part of your team And to show solidarity with you, and to be united on this front. When back three years ago, you left us in the in the what do you in the in the dungeon? What's the expression? The lurch, I think it is. Oh
3: yeah, left you in the
1: lurch. Yeah, you see, it's always here somewhere. But
4: anyhow, (laughs) always know know Why you always? Uh,
1: no they did. They so so I I, I think about uh, that time and I think about our moving forward, where we are heading and who are our allies today. And so that is an important conversation so to have and I that's why I'm grateful that you have brought this up because I looking into this further, Jess, it, it and delving into it. There's a lot of things that one can pull out of this alone, uh, so um, that's that. And then I think maybe we can discuss some of the uh, the, chronolog- the 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 um, the status of the mind. Yeah.
3: Well, and I just want to say really quick before Andy goes, like I I really liked that question that you asked Max last week about sort of like working across differences, Cause, and I liked his answer because. He didn't romanticize it in any way. You know, it's not like, oh, la-di-da, like, these groups are just, like, you know, seamlessly able to work together and overcome all their differences or whatever. Like, yeah, there's fundamental, like, sometimes fundamentally different values between, like, say, conservative ranchers and, you know, tribal peoples, um... You know, white environmental, like Western activists, coming in, like the they're really different groups. Those kind of three central um, groups, but I mean, that's what has to be done. Is like we have to learn to have conversations, and then to put those conversations actually into action and and do something. Um, and I feel like that's you know kind of one thing that we we try to do. I mean. More on like a conversational basis, but we try to do on the show is like just not- sh- shy away from trying to model however like messy they are and ugly and sometimes you know, we don't like find a resolution, but yeah, I think we need more of that because especially the mainstream left mainstream left has seems to be just narrower and narrower in terms of like who they are who they will allow even into the
4: debates? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, she's oh, where I want to start. Um,
2: I think I'll guess I'll say I'll, when you said stay quiet, Eduardo, it's interesting. We, it brings you back to us challenging the mainstream left. Um, the left has been anti-war, but it's going to stay quiet while the U.S. arms Ukraine in something that can lead to a war between the United States and and Russia. The The mainstream left opposes corporations, but it's going to stay quiet when massive corporations like pharmaceutical companies and big pharma are are brought in and fused with the state to push their products on us and to force our products on us and to fire workers who refuse to take those products. Um, uh, The the mainstream left supposedly supports the plight of uh, opposition to racism, um, but it, uh, it 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 supports, you know, keeping immigrants out when Democrats do it. It only opposes it if if Republicans do it, and I think this is a perfect example of a mainstream left that says it wants to protect the environment, that it says it's against these these processes um, of mining and of of capitalist production and resource extraction that lead to the destruction of the earth, and and they call it talk about global warming, but at least lead to the harming of the environment, um, and so they'll be against coal, open pit mining but they'll say they'll give a pass to lithium in fact they'll support it um brandy was telling me today that she was listening on NPR about a mine that's being started called the lithium valley imperial imperial valley in california Newsom actually was lauded for supporting this thing where they're they're now planning to do a, a similar kind of lithium mine um although i think the way they extract it's going to be different than the way it's being done here in nevada in, in, in thacker pass in nevada um but it it's going to take millions and millions of gallons of water per year to do so. Um, it's going to basically level whole sections of land. It's open pit mining. It just, it's ugly and it's destructive to the environment. And in this case, in the case of the Thacker Pass, it is also destructive to historic sites of native people who themselves were screwed over from the first resource rush or old resource rush of, of the, the gold rush. And now now that there's going to be a lithium cobalt strontium rush now the now they're going to find their lands extracted and chewed up again by the same machine so we 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 go oh that was awful what happened to the native americans you know in the 18th or 19th century well now in the 21st century look we're going to repeat it again by you know going anywhere we need to go and taking anything we can and 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 citing it was interesting when he talked about the fact that the mining laws of 1872 were cited for the right of this uh what is the the Nevada the, the ne- Nevada lithium corporation i think
3: it's called lithium
2: or lithium nevada corporation
3: lithium nevada and i think it's it's lithium Amer- america that like
2: okay like, so what lithium america is what
3: i think isn't lithium nevada like a state Subsidiary, or are they separate entities? Okay,
2: I thought it was Lithium Nevada Corporation. That was it. Is
3: Lithium like Lithium Nevada is who's doing them?
2: Okay, yeah. So they'll be doing this mining, and um, and they they're basically they're getting this land at whatever two. I think it's like two dollars and fifty cents an acre. Um, and they just have to stake a claim. Um, so it's, and I really think it. It, I think. What Max and the people who are fighting at the Acro Pass raised the question of: Are we? Is this a world we are prepared to go in, forward into? And that question was was live when we were when we were coal mining extraction extracting. That meth that question is live when we're pumping for gas on the offshore of California or even in the Middle East, wherever. But it's it's it, the question is now coming up again in a new extraction in a new set of resources that are being taken out of the land and of course given a pass because. It's for supposedly things that will protect the environment, these electric cars, um, which there, there's, no, there's no environmental protection here. When you look at all the resources brought to bear for this process of extraction, as it was laid out in Planet of the Humans, even if you thought, and I don't, I no longer count CO2 among the things that I'm concerned about as it relates to the capitalist destruction of the environment. CO2 production, to me, is not the thing I'm worried about. I am worried about the capitalists when they say they're going to bring, like, thousands of tons of sulfuric acid into the region to be part of the extraction process for getting lithium out of that region, which is how they're going to do it. That's one like it's uh, spodamine, which is a type of rock that can only you can only extract lithium from that when you bring sulfuric acid um, into the game. Um, so, in addition to, you know, using millions of gallons of water, they're going to be taking you know they're going to be truckloading tons and tons of sulfuric acid into this region and using that as part of uh the process by which they extract lithium from the rock there um and, so and of course
3: sulfuric acid is a byproduct of oil refineries is that correct
2: um i don't know where they get all the sulfuric acid that i don't know
3: um, i'm pretty sure it comes straight from pretty much
4: straight from okay
2: that. so you know and maybe they're saying oh well, look we're putting this to use but you know, in light of what we just saw in East Palestine, Ohio, I don't think I would want, like, tons and tons and tons of sulfuric acid going across trains in this country all the time. This is just another accident waiting to happen. And do, do you really, I mean, what are they, they're what are they talking about, they're talking about taking the rock, the process of extracting lithium, you first you have to take the rock, ground it up, and then you then you put it into a, a giant heating furnace, before and then you cool it again. So all this is gonna to take tons of energy, then you cool it again and then you put it in hot sulfuric acid. It's, it's an, an, an incredibly energy uh, extensive process. So it's going to be, if you were concerned about CO2 production, it, you're gonna be producing a ton of greenhouse gases to, to make this, to get this lithium extracted. And, but I think most important is just the destruction of native lands, of native historic lands and of, you know, species that are fragile, that are in the region. And just the fact that what, what something that Max was writing about, it's one of the few places that is truly quiet, truly dark, um, tr- where you can really be at peace. Are we going to not leave any place left alone to be at peace? The answer, I guess, is no, we're not. We're going to take anything we want. And I'll get into more, like, Why do I think they're doing this? I I think there's an intimate link between battery production and the fourth industrial revolution. Um, I guess I'll just go with this. This is what I just saw from Samsung. Um, It goes, they were saying, what kind of energy changes will there be in the era of the fourth industrial revolution? To realize the state in which everything is interconnected, battery is an absolute necessity. This is because battery enables us to overcome the limits of space and time such as supplying or replenishing energy continuously once it is all used up. For instance, an AI robot is useless if it can only function for no more more than 10 minutes when it's unplugged. For an AI robot to self-study through big data, it must be turned on 24-7, right? For robots, drones, wearable devices, and the like to be able to move around sufficiently enough to help us, they must be powered for a long period of time without a plug ultimately the solution to this problem is an energy storage device aka battery the realization of a hyperconnected society where no time and space constraints exist essentially for robots that i added that depend on battery technologies that provide provide large capacity and high efficiency so we, not only are we being replaced by ai but all this lithium battery extraction is ultimately to power robots that need to be able to move autonomously so that they can take our jobs or put us back into pens, or attack us if we get out of line. And that's the fourth industrial, the internet of things that are all powered. I mean, really we're talking about how do you power things? You need batteries.
3: I just keep thinking too about, I don't know, especially in academia, but just in general, like just the emphasis that the left in particular has placed on like this idea of decolonization the past I don't know five to ten years especially I can't tell you how many times a week I hear that in like leftist academic spaces and you know I'm sure elsewhere um and it's just you know like you said um obviously in a direct way you know Max was yeah kind of educating us on some of the history of Thacker Pass and the the Thacker Pass Massacre that happened, you know, which was literally U.S. Army like just slaughtering people, and it's like I don't know. There, there's no way in which this is not recolonization, like from an environmental perspective, from an economic perspective. Like it's just my it's just mind blowing. Like that this green. New World or whatever can be framed as part of a decolonization process when it is the exact opposite. It is recolonizing it like on every level, literally displacing people, animals, wildlife, like just bulldozing this shit out of a whole ecosystem. And they've already started. I I forget how many like thousand acres he said they've already just completely bulldozed. Um like like it's nothing, you know, like it's just numbers. It's you know, what is now ecosystem services and financialization of nature and all of this just like euphemistic bullshit. And it's it just blows my mind. Like it's just it's colonization on every level.
4: I, oh, it's on, um,
1: yeah, and and you know what, I have just learned as I'm reading about it more over since we've last spoken, and I've been listening to the interviews that he's uh, done, The very few, uh, like, I think Vice did something on it, and then there was their own, uh, his friend, um, max wilbert and his friend uh yes thank you jess and you know this is the largest what was it i think it's the largest known dtm deposit in the u.s a and it's one of the largest in the world and it's not getting any attention as 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 we're saying and this was approved in and um, in 2021, but this year is when they've decided to start the construction. And they', as you said, it's already begun and there have been lawsuits. and as Max continuously told us, says just because there are lawsuits in, you know, in the process of this, that doesn't mean that they're going to stop. And it and the beauty of this, I think what just but uh, he described, that also, I've been reading some essays from anyone can see on the uh, org, And I have never been to Pass. I have been to Death Valley. Uh, and I um, took my former charge there when I, the child I fostered, I, I took from there. And it wasn't necessarily the the greatest thing that I thought it was to do because I was like, oh, we should do more forests, you know? Like, I wish I could take them to Montana and just go see those forests or go to somewhere else. And, And we went to Death Valley and there was this amazing ranger there that gave us a very beautiful tour at this site. And also just, the amount of time that we spent there at night watching all of the stars and seeing all of the uh beautiful blooms and because we went during the spring. And then just even recently I read, I was reminded of that experience when I read with my book club um Deserts on a Terre, which I if folks want to read it, it's by Edward Abbey. It's a good like meditation reflections on the on the um of the desert uh, uh, where he is a ranger but it has some some a little bit of sexist and racist few paragraphs that I didn't really like but uh, it was it, it's a very good book on just the 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 descriptions and the wilderness and just the wild that exists out there on Arches National Park outside of the Moab Utah desert and I think that that would be a beautiful description of being able to also describe a lot of other deserts, uh, even though each are unique and their own. But uh, the what we're doing and what is normally seen as oh, it's just another desert land, desolate place where even they make like they test bombs at certain desert sites, you know, and isn't so much. Uh, uh what do you call it it's not appreciated by most of the public um you know andy when you told me that you were interested in maybe going down and living in arizona or something or even when you went down with a uh, brandy to joshua tree and you've appreciated those areas i'm reminded of those things which i've taken some time for me to even appreciate those areas because i just mostly love forests uh i i've gone to appreciate it and but it's not and then i i don't think of, of it as I don't think most people would see it as always as important. But then if you look at even just some of the images online, the mountain, where it's located, it's gorgeous. Uh, so, um, and then also, just as you were talking about colonization, Jess, I'm also thinking about the tribes that, uh, so, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to, uh, what do you call it? Um fetishize tribes and their relationship to nature. I think that all of us have our ancestors uh, from different continents that have had that relationship. Except I think the reason why we see tribes as that is because they are the that we are on this land, right? We're not like I'm not on Mexico. You're not in your ancestral land, like we're originally we're kind of from, if so to speak. But I think that the reservations of and 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 this country's history and and we live in the USA obviously brings to us the up the forefront of the indigenous cultures of this country. So um, that's the reason why we're bringing it up and we're talking about a specific area. But uh, a lot of places aren't considered to be uh, tribal land technically and by law, you know. And and I have an issue with that because even as I'm here in San Francisco, this is Ohlone land, so to speak. I'm not and Ohlone's tribes are not necessarily recognized by the federal government. That's also arbitrary, you know, by, uh, and and the allowance that I think by um, a lot of uh, indigenous tribes to allow or to be reliant, I should say, by law, and to also uh, uh, need to go through court to fight something like this. This isn't something that I think is not to dismiss, the efforts that are being done by those even like as i think about branding, how much she does uh, through her local uh, uh uh her local organizing uh through using of laws uh i'm without dismissing again uh, the efforts that are being done through the legal system which is if that's their route that's the route i'm struck mostly by the direct action that these people are taking and by uh what's his name again will I'm sorry the last name is difficult Hawk. for me huh
3: walk will Hawk.
1: yeah okay. will and 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 the indigenous tribes out there taking direct action and stopping uh you know the the protest camp that they have set out out there and stopping the construction and delaying it I, I has something for us to learn I said the working together of alliances, but also the direct action that these these communities have taken, which is admirable because sometimes as I as I said, like many times as I, I've organized currently at my site and trying to go through emails and trying to go through administration and trying to go through all these things get so caught up and clogged in this pipe that it only allows for further expansion of whatever you're trying to resist. That this is an admirable way of trying to do something, which is direct action. And these people are camping out and they're like, I'm not going to move. And that takes courage, you know, that takes extreme courage. And that's what I'm moved by. And uh, also by this, this, uh, this, this, uh, uh, by this project, by this, uh, the, the, the occupation of Thacker Uh, sometimes as I, talk to friends as I mentioned in the last one and I probably just will delve into it, unless someone else wants to interrupt me and forgive me for me wandering if you need me to interrupt me. But I uh I mentioned in the last episode that I was last week with two friends from Nicaragua and not in this last episode, but in the episode that wasn't posted and that was recorded, I mentioned it briefly. But my friends from Nicaragua who have just been released uh from prison in Nicaragua who were part of the 222 people that were uh, boarded on a flight and who knows whatever negotiations were made between the U S uh, administration and the Nicaragua uh, and country, but resisting the Ortega dictatorship and the torture they have gone through. And I invite folks to look up Kevin Solis, Kevin Roberto Solis. If they do, you'll see his story. And I am, Working with him and his partner. I'm not sure if I can say, state her names, but I know Kevin is out there everywhere, so he doesn't mind it. The things that they have gone through. And then thinking about this direct action, I self reflect and think how much am I willing to put myself on the line to do something such as this, such as what Kevin Solis has done, such as what. Uh, Will Falk has done or uh, as well as uh, Max Wilbert in camping out there and the communities out there that I don't know them personally we, I don't they're just uh, the tribes that I've been mentioned that I hope Max can delve into and share more about them you should it's, include
3: some of the images too of like you know some of the elders like in wheelchairs and stuff like it's yeah, we make a lot of excuses for ourselves of, like, yeah. risk things and, you know, so I agree with you, Eduardo.
4: Yeah,
1: so I just, that is what I wanted to highlight in my share. It's, it's that that I am moved by. Uh, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, I w- I'm really struck by that, too. Um, I know Max is part of Deep Green Resistance which is an amazing, I think they consider themselves anarchist, anarchist um, environmental organization, which is actually how I originally ended up finding his work um, a few years back. Um, And they have a really in-depth kind of like manual for organizing strategies. And I think like having read that, you can kind of see even like with this action, which I mean, I think they're pretty experienced activists, like Max is very humble, but he's done a lot of stuff. But I mean, you never know, like every, every protest, every project is different, right? Every community that you work with is unique, but you can kind of see them going through, like, you know, he said flat out last week, like, yeah, we we know, like, the legal system is set up for us to fail. Like, you know, you mentioned the What is it, 18, whatever mining laws, Andy? Um, I mean, even just in general, like this country, (laughs) our whole legal system is set up for corporations to win over people and over animals and over ecosystems. Um, Which I think, like, yeah, like the past few years, especially I hear, especially on the right, like a lot of, um, in the left, it's like vote, (laughs) you know, vote for change which we know that's set up for, you know, status quo at best. Um, We've talked about that before, but on the right, I do hear a lot of like, well, the law will protect us. The bill of rights will protect us. The declaration of independence will protect us. We need to just sue these people in order to hold them accountable and stuff like this. And yeah, I think it's like, I'm not just, I'm not saying like, don't do the lawsuits, but I i'm very skeptical that on a grand scale like it's just it, it was never set up for that i mean when I talk about like tribal peoples right and these documents i mean they were they weren't even included as like people and it was their fucking land it is their their land right um so it's yeah it's just kind of interesting to consider this um in the context of just all of this political division and energy and people being pulled into like this strategy and that strategy. Right. Because it's not just about like what you value, but it's like, if you're actually going to try to wage a struggle, like how you do that matters. Right. Um, and I agree with you, Eduardo, that like, we, we need to be more willing. We need to be more like Max and his comrades in the sense that they're like, well, we can go set up a camp. Like we can do that. That's something that we can do, right? Um, There's risks, but when you look at sort of what's at stake, but um, I think you don't want to take those risks just like willy nilly, right? Like you don't want to waste your, I don't know. It's something I think about a lot is like, like where do i actually want to hold the line and like in what way um i mean anybody can like fight the system and just get themselves like thrown in jail like we could all do that tomorrow um but you want to make it like worth it so i don't know something i've kind of been thinking about a lot and just in just in terms of like learning from other activists and organizers like not just present day but like looking back through history at like well what has worked and and how has it worked because they never fucking like teach you any of this stuff right like they they teach you oh yeah like whatever Rosa Parks like (laughs) they present her as just like some random old lady who like decided one day spontaneously that she didn't want to give up her seat on the you know in the front of the bus this is not (laughs) accurate, right? I mean, she was an extremely experienced, um, organizer, uh, trained activist, right? Um, nonviolent direct activism, like these things don't just sort of, um, spontaneously happen. So yeah, I think there's a lot to, a lot for me to learn in terms of strategy. Cause I definitely feel like I've been someone who, even though I've like done activism, I think a lot of it has been poorly <laughs> strategized. You know, so I feel like I'm catching I'm catching up.
4: I have a maybe a. I mean, Max will come back and and he'll he'll probably tell us what he thinks about this kind of discussion we're having.
2: I don't think what we've lacked is strategy. Um, although the, the vast majority of people's strategy is to think that this system can be reformed or the vast majority of people's strategy is run around the idea that somehow maybe there's an electoral way or the state intervenes some, some sort of way. Let's talk about that strategy. That strategy has proven itself, not just a failure, but it's proven itself to be a way in which the attack is escalated and reintroduced. It's a way in which the enemy gets in on our side. gets you know, it penetrates our, our front lines and, and, and gets us to fight for them instead of against them. Um, but I, I don't think Max believes they're going to like, okay, I'm not going to speak for him. They're not going to win unless, right. unless what people, unless people see that the fight that they're waging there is the kind of fight that we all must wage in, at our own, in our own locales in the area that we feel passionate about. Cause that's what, that's what has brought those people there. They feel passionately about that territory. They they hate the the use that's being used out of by by which like is coming in. It's not like if somebody came over and said, hey, can I borrow something, you know, or can I have something? I need it for a friend who's injured. I'm sure people there would be willing to share of the resources that they have that are there. But that's not what's happening. This company's coming in to take, but not just to take, it's coming in to take to take a resource which will be which will be used to destroy us. Um, Not just in terms of the fourth industrial revolution, but other reading I I saw was the batteries are energy storage mechanisms and electricity, which is going to be the key energy, which has been for a while, but will be the key energy of the fourth industrial revolution. It's not easy to store that. Like it's not easy to store electricity. You can store oil, you can have resources and the, and the U S state, does store oil just in case it needs it for war but it can't do it with electricity so <clears throat> part of this idea that why the us is doing this is related to energy independence of the middle east so that they can develop their own electric elect- electrical energy sources and store it and use it to power the things they need so this is it's not just a colonization it's this this is part of a leg of imperialism and the multipolar world that people think is going to be wonderful this is going to be a leg of it it means the us is going to say we have to figure out how to extract resources from the ground so that we can store energy in a battery and so that we can use that to power our robots and our tanks and our war machine so that we can defeat our enemies in china and russia so that's what that's what the people of thacker pass are up against they're up against the powers of the world economic forum and the fourth industrial revolution and they're up against U.S. empire. They know they can't win. But all of us are up against that. All of us in education, all of us in medicine, all of us in every... If you're driving a car right now, if you're a truck driver, you. all of us are up against this system. And unless we decide to say, you know what, the law is not going to be the thing that's going to help us. And I do think that like he, he gives a timeline of their struggle and shows the different ways that they try to use the law to slow... To slow the opponent down i don't think they had any belief that that this was going to be the thing that they were looking for legal tricks to try to stop them but the system is geared against them and 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 like he ultimately said oh we recognize that this is a historic site we recognize but that's all we need to do we can recognize it we feel your pain now we're going to go take it um and that's all they they're bound to do um so i feel like what they're saying particularly when when Max was talking about not just lithium extraction, but other resource mm-hmm. extraction. Is this is the f- all of us are now in this fight, and unless we wage this sort of fight in in our locales, we're going to lose. And he's, sw- I, it's, I think he's. I'm not sure he's saying that, but that's the message I take from it, and that's that's what I believe is we are all going to have to figure out how to be Thacker Pass activists, if you will, in our own location, because. Um, we're not all he's not inviting us all to go to to Oregon. He's saying this world, this if you don't agree with this kind of world being put put upon you, then this
4: is what you're gonna have to do to stop it.
3: Well, that's what I feel like in the past couple of years, like in terms of sort of feeling like abandoned by people that I thought were maybe not totally in agreement with me on everything, but like at least like on my side in the in the general fight, you know, um, or at least like looked at me or conversed with me in good faith, and I, I just felt a lack of moral courage from my so-called comrades. Um, so I guess that's, I agree with you. Like, I'm not saying that they think they're gonna win out over lithium Nevada. They know it's a, it's a David and Goliath fight, but you still have to wage it because it's it's that important. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, like you said, it's not every single person has to wage that particular fight, although, you know, they do <laughs> they do need people to go there, like who feel called to do so. Um and yeah, I was thinking too about like I think this was back on what Eduardo was saying a little earlier, but like this idea of sort of perception and well one like out of sight out of mind which I think is the story with a lot of um resource extraction you know especially when we do it like abroad um it's like yeah people might condemn it but you know it's happening over there um and even in even in mainland America right I mean even this place right it's it's remote <laughs> you know it's not familiar to most people um and yeah like the desert kind of has this weird association of being like barren and a wasteland even though you know like he was saying like well it's not it's not a wasteland to the to the bullfrogs and the birds and the you know the antelope and whatever like what about their home um so i think there is like a an aspect of this which is just sort of a I don't know like it's, if it's if it's not your home like of course you're not gonna feel as compelled to defend it right um I think if the government came in or a corporation came in and like you know walked into your house and said like now yeah, we hear your <laughs> we hear your claim to this but get the fuck out right like and they start bulldozing. You're you're gonna be pretty motivated to at least try to do something, go to court, or you know, throw hands, or something, right? But it's a lot harder to 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 do when it's out there, like over there. You know, I think there's a lot of people who like care, but not enough to. <coughs> Like, not enough to to cultivate that moral courage, which is necessary.
2: Well, just one thing. This is the Green New Deal put in, put in play, right? This, that, so people who historically have said that they would oppose this are now promoting it. And they kind of don't want to know about it. That's what was – when Brandy was telling me the NPR episode that was today that was talking about Imperial Valley, which is in California the person who was on NPR being interviewed was basically saying, this is why this is a great thing. This is why this lithium extraction is a great thing. And there were some callers who came in and said, well, what about, isn't this gonna like somehow hurt the land? Isn't it gonna still create greenhouse gases? And the person really tried to dodge all the questions, but the, inter- the NPR interviewer didn't, in no way tried to put them on the, on, on the spot. In fact, they gave them a forum to try to like, to help assuage people's fears, and say, you should get behind this. And that's that's what the left is doing now. It's basically mar- being marshaled to support a capitalist attack on humanity. Um, and we have to understand this is our home. And I, I'm not going to have to go to Oregon to fight it. I think I'm going to have to fight it here in Oakland.
3: You mean Nevada? You keep I'm sorry. That.
2: Yeah. I'm not going to have to go. To, thank you. I'm not going to have to go to Nevada. <laughs> I'm not going to have to go to Nevada to
4: fight it. And I know what I said, then I'll just put that in there. I mean, I, I, I think it is an
1: invitation to, 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 to look at where we are locally and see where we can be in the community that we are in to, to cause
4: a transformation to 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 stir things up to strike. You no, know? uh, I've I've um I'm in I I look at
1: my local school site where I am, and that's where I think that that's the best way to be. You know, I was telling this to to Kevin Solis's partner. I'm not sure if I can say her name or not, but. Uh, she was upset and angry that she got back, and she says, "I don't want to be in this country." <laughs> she was given amnesty and given a place to come here, and you know, it was as if some favor. She wants to go back to Nicaragua and be with her comrades. That's what she wants to do back in the prison where she was at. She didn't know she was getting on a plane. they just uh uh covered the buses. And they blinded them, covered them as they were taking them to an airport. But they didn't know it until they heard airplanes and they thought they were going to be somewhere else. And they didn't realize they were coming here. But I said to her, you know, you don't have to give up your, your fight. There's a lot of work to be done here, too. And we need people like you as well. We're going to need that same energy. You know, yes, your family's in Nicaragua. Yes, your comrades are over there in Nicaragua. But there is also a fa- a fight to be had here. And I would love it if you, you know, joined whatever area you think you need to in this area here. I would love it if you joined me, honestly. <laughs> but you know it, it, it. So so it 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 caused folks to action here in, or in your, not here like in SF, but it, what I mean is in your, in your place. Um, and I think something awoke within her because it was a very long discussion and I'm probably summarizing in a very horrible way, but it was a two hour discussion, no three, and it was a long discussion. And we were discussing all of her politics and all of the politics here. And she felt really identified and she was, she found it reassuring that I'm an anarchist and that she also has a lot of uh, very anarchist leanings. And, uh, and she, and she's looking forward to our relationship as she's trying to find her way here. But that, that's what, that's what I'm, what I'm trying to say by that story is that you're right, Andy, that. Maybe we are not going over to camp. I think I, I'd like to actually. I think that there's something in my mind about just wanting to go over there. Maybe I'll go see Jess after that. Or we'll go meet at Crossroads or something. Are you but, down there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you
4: need little...
3: dog, I need a permanent dog sitter on call for all my projects. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: carry on, carry
1: on. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, but I, but that doesn't even if I wasn't able to go, like I, I, I didn't go to standing rock at the time. I I was too disoriented and I wish I had gone, you know, I had just experienced emptiness syndrome. uh, And I was trying to find my footing as I was in a routine and in a mind space where I thought I was totally dedicated to a child. And then suddenly there was this like vacuum that I didn't know what to do with. And I didn't feel mentally prepared to go to, at that time, to stand in Iraq. But this is a place where I, I I would love to go, even if it's a bit of us. And you know something that really struck is what Max said, where he's been at protest or he's organized with one or two people. That has been me. And I'm sure you both have experienced that as well. <laughs> I remember going over to Gilroy, California, and there is this big building, Syngenta, and they—they they are in cahoot with uh, uh, all the other companies, Monsanto. And they do a lot of genetically modifications, a lot of biotech and geoengineering. Geo? No, excuse me, biotech uh, stuff, uh,
4: genetically modified uh, uh, engineering. So there was just a few of us. <laughs> and
1: I I felt at that time really disheartened because I had organized to try to make this happen, but it was so far out there. It's not like here in SF where you have, and it was a rural community. And I tried to organize folks to come and last minute people were dropping. You know, and I was going over there on my little yellow, yellow oval, you know, that... Here I am going to go to this protest that I organized and there were just about ten of us, fifteen of us, which isn't one or two as Max was saying, but I have been on those as well. But that is if that's what we need to do, that is the transformation that we are causing, you know, and so I, I applaud Will Folk. So I you know, it just that's so that's what I that's what I'm taking away from this. So anyhow, back to
4: I think
3: everybody should to you I'm
4: very slow to
3: experience of like Participating in a protest where there's like five of you or two of you, it's it's humbling, but it also kind of like I don't know. Once you it is out, once, like I remember going to like animal rights vigils or protests and stuff, and yeah, like there it'd be like a couple people and. Oh at first there's like this exasperated, just like, like, why does no one else care? Like, why can't anyone, like, why can't anyone help us? But I don't know, you just keep doing it. And I mean, not every, it's not like if you just keep showing up, like automatically people are going to join you. But if you keep showing up, like in the fight again and again, in different ways, like even I'm thinking like more recently about like the anti lockdown protests that I was a part of in Seattle, like 2020, when I first started doing it, like there was one day where we were out there, and this is in, you know, a major metropolitan city. I think there were four of us, all women, like little, we small, fairly small women, like super friendly. Not like non you know, on this sidewalk, we weren't even like stopping traffic or anything, and like like we had people drive by and throw bottles at our heads for <laughs> like just the tamest sidewalk protest of all time, <laughs> like ever, and that I mean it was a little scary, like you know, but now the the lady who was organizing those actions. I mean, she literally started she went out in summer of 2020 and she went to Golden Gardens in Seattle by herself with a sign um that said like I can't remember what her sign said. Something about like, you no. know, questioning the narrative that was being shoved down our throats. And it was just her and one person went by like on their bike and said like, "Oh, what's this about?" and then went out with her like this the next time. And now she's had like hundreds, maybe thousands of people joining her protests in the past couple of months. So I don't know. You never, you never know like what is going to work and where people are going to either join you or at least like see like suddenly, you know, something will become visible to
4: some portion of the population. I don't know. I don't think it's like a lost cause it being like whatever. Well, I
2: mean, I think for me what was why well, I'm glad you brought this Thacker Pass um fight up uh over the, you know, the lithium being extracted out of the land of native people and out of land where antelope and sagebrush are found. Um, is because it it's it not so much about whether what's the strategy of the folks, for me at least, or whether they will win, but it, it's about why they're doing it. Um, and the reasons they're doing it are because they challenge this world that says this is what should be going on in order for us to proceed as a civilization. And I think they're, that I, I agree with that challenge. I agree with saying, no, this is not what we're going to do. Like, We're going to have to go down a different path. Um, one that does not force us to do this to this to this ground or any other ground, um, and so that to me is what what's so meaningful um, about and and they're passionate about it because they believe it, um, and so I, I am increasingly coming to believe that we cannot proceed with a world that's going to try to operate this way, which is what the green movement and the new green New Deal is really about. It's about fooling people into believing that there is some other, there's a way of getting around, ripping up the earth and destroying the world environmentally um, while still producing all this stuff. Um, And there isn't, it's actually gonna accelerate the, the loss because, you know, I think there is a limit to how much cobalt and lithium you can find. And I think those limits are going to be found by companies that have dedicated themselves to producing batteries and a, and a, and a system, which is saying that the next, the next way our society will be structured, it requires all these batteries to power it. Um, and so that, that society has to be fought. And then we have to find another way. And the people who fight it are the ones who are going to try to, who are who are going to stop it, are the ones who are also going to figure out what's the other way we're going to go. Um, so that that's what is so amazing. Well, I'd rather, that's what's so meaningful to me because it's like it's like the fighting the fourth industrial revolution in the United States in the way that I think of those Indian farmers doing, not the scale, but with that same sense of purpose. Um, and that's I think we are going to have to find that here in the United States. Um, I think the election season is going to be a very is it going to be a time of drawing. That awareness away. It's going to make people think about Trump and Biden or DeSantos. But nevertheless, I, I, I think this struggle at Thacker Pass is going to be one that I think we are going to have to kind of return to and give people updates and just sort of say, this is the world that is coming and is being constructed and it's willing to sacrifice the, 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 the people, the history,
4: and the, and the, um, the life that is there um, for lithium.
3: Yeah, and I mean, we've been, well, I've been railing on the left a lot in this episode, but, like, <laughs> it's worth just remembering that Trump was the one that actually signed the initial permit for yeah. Lithium allotted to go ahead, and then Biden, obviously, is, you know, all all about, you know, electrifying everything, the cars, the whole fucking grid, so <laughs> it's bi- it's bipartisan, just like every <laughs> evil, like, Thing that's gonna go forward and i think too like the the second part that you brought up about like not just the fight but the like being willing to try to imagine and then work toward an alternative is also like i mean people should not like glaze over that part because that to me like i i brought this up last week when we were talking with max and I, I don't know if i articulated it very well but like i do think part of the part of the problem is not just like the educating and and motivating people, but there's also like this issue of sort of failure of imagination or like failure to even sort of be willing to inhabit that just imaginative space of like creativity, innovation, like real innovation, not like electric car innovation. Because um, I, I mean, always my like sample population is always my students, and it's like you know. I've had them read, or some of them read Bright Green Lies. um, And we've talked about some of this stuff in different ways in like environmental humanities classes. And there are like a lot of people who are willing to be educated and who are willing to critique it. But what it often comes back to is this thing of like, well, like, what else could we possibly do, right? Of like, it's almost like the voting thing. It's like, well, lesser of two evils. Um, and it's even, I mean, this is a general generalization, but like, especially like out here where there's this very fractured, sort of like largely conservative population, but then very liberal pocket within it. And it's like the people on the right will defend their fossil fuels and be very critical of, <laughs> um, like EVs and stuff like that. Um, and then people on the, on the left are like, fossil fuels are evil go lithium it's like okay like these are not the only two pathways there there are other options right and like we could de-industrialize like we haven't you know when you look at the sort of grand timeline like sit back from our very short in the relative scheme of things lifespan and look at like the history of this planet and all of the different species, including humans that have, that have lived here, we've only been industrialized for like a blip, you know? So there's other ways to do this. Like, we can, we can do permaculture. We can feed ourselves other ways in more localized ways. We don't have to keep up this lifestyle. But I think for a lot of especially young people, like, that's a really hard thought to grasp because it's all they've ever known and they're like well what do you mean like okay maybe maybe this isn't great maybe this is destroying the planet maybe the lithium is 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 bad and we don't want indigenous people to suffer and yeah like we care about the bullfrogs or whatever but what's the alternative so i think that's like a big part of the fight too is like showing people you know at least like a taste of like get, get outside the box, you know, think outside the box.
4: And for people to understand that this world is being constructed doesn't include them. It's not for them. It's,
2: it's for somebody else and it's, and it it's dedicated to replacing them and ultimately possibly even killing them. So it's, uh, I don't think that people have a choice, even if people think they have a choice. But I don't think we do. I think every yeah. every everything is being colonized, like backer pass. And I think Allison's notion of all of us being brought into the position of what indigenous cultures experienced in the at the beginnings of capitalism. At this stage in capitalism, we will all start to experience that displacement, that being a useless eater, and whatever comes with that.
3: It's also dumb to me too, because it's like what. It'd be one thing if it was, like, a win-lose thing, but it's a win-win. Like, what's good for humans, like, what's actually really good for us, like, what feels good, and it's good for our health, physical health, mental health, what's good for our sustainable, like, well-being for our children is also what's good for the land, is also what's good for, like, the antelopes, is also good for what's, you know, taking down corporations, like piece all like the good thing like they like i don't get why it's so hard i mean i do but i don't know it always just kind of frustrates me that it's like
4: oh it's a win-win it really is yeah i don't don't want to read this part that
2: max wrote about backer pass um because it really struck me can i do that yeah should i share my screen while i read it or i
4: can put post it like read it what'd you like me to do
3: Share it so we can follow along. Yeah, yeah. post it if you want to post it over.
4: So this is
2: part from the Backer Pass website, Jess, that you showed us. But reading this just really, you know, just gave me a sense of what this thing's about. Um, He wrote, and he's talking about Backer Pass and the region there. The land is alive here. Insects fly back and forth. Native bumblebees as large as a thumb buzz from flower to flower. A hummingbird investigates flashes of red rope, stringing up tarps. A jackrabbit's ear twitches in the rabbit brush, and the tail of a lizard vanishes under a thicket of sagebrush. A pygmy rabbit, here where the company claims there are none, darts across the edge of camp. The beauty and vitality is impossible to quantify. But the reason we are here is because the spirits are alive at Thacker Pass. People have visions here. For those who are willing to open up, this place can begin to heal what is broken inside of you. Call this power God, the creator, the great mystery, spirits of the land and ancestors, some form of physics not yet understood by science, or whatever you like. Come here with an open heart and you will experience it. The mining companies see this mountainside as a pile of dead rock that can be turned into money. We see this land as sacred, as a sacred place where rain falls on waxy, feathery sagebrush ancients and sage grouse dance their ancient rituals, where Paiute and Shoshone ancestors are buried beneath the soil, where we must tread lightly
4: because we walk on the face of our mother, the planet that birthed us. I just thought that was beautiful when he wrote it. I mean, he wrote that just on his website. So that's what this is about. I think that's a good place to conclude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jessica, thank you for bringing this up. This definitely would not have come to us uh,
2: from me and Eduardo. I just this is not something I had been aware of. This is. No. Yeah. I think it's very important, it. it's like a canary in the coal mine that we would really need to pay attention to.
3: Lithium mine.
2: With <laughs> canary in <and> lithium. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: made that joke last week, so it's uh, redundant. <laughs> Yeah, fast forward like a few months, and he'll be like, "Where
4: are Eduardo and Jess? They're not joining
3: the link. Maybe we'll doing <laughs> we're doing something else."
2: I know, huh? <laughs> but people who are hearing this, they should check out the website and read over some of the stuff. We oh, yeah, put yeah, all the details,
3: so. we'll put yeah, we'll put the website. They need the donations too. If people want to donate, uh, there's a go- a cool like sort of timeline that takes you through. Um, especially like the legal battles, which we didn't really get into.
4: Will
1: Fuck is a lawyer.
3: Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he's part of the team. And he's out
4: there camping. All-, <laughs> 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 most- all right. <laughs> Don't put that in there. All right, here we go. Oh, I just Show.
3: had I just had a thought. Maybe we can put it in before the outro um we're planning to have max on next week so if people have questions or oh if they let want, me just they want that. us to bring up they can put it in the comments if you're if you're watching this within like a week of or maybe a little less than a week of posting
4: yeah perfect thank does you jessica you thank you. Okay. Uh,
1: yeah yeah you did well that does it for this week's episode uh, what's left is a weekly political podcast slash channel challenging the mainstream left uh, we post information about our topics and our guests on the episode notes where we found this episode, or on our blog at whatslandpodcast.com You can find past episodes to this podcast slash, slash channel there and connect with us. I remind folks if you like anything you have heard here, please subscribe, rate a few, turn on your t- notifications to any of our platforms on the Spotify, iTunes, podcast that you can go play, midshoot obviously YouTube, promo or Telegram, and you can find our blog and any of those links in the episode notes where we found this episode, as well as. uh the links we have mentioned in this episode. Uh, if you would like to give us feedback about something you've heard or suggest something for us to con- to cover, contact us through our blog. Uh, and uh, yeah, and I'm Eduardo Borca with co-host Jessica, and Andy Lipson, and we'll check you all next time.